Thanks so much for joining us for the New Life Rabina podcast. New Life Church is one family, many churches, and we exist to simply see more people more like Jesus by planning and leading thriving local churches. You've joined us for Rhythms, a series exploring the essence of Christian life, asking, who am I becoming? It's about personal formation, shaping our lives with Christian values, moving beyond the mere thoughts of God to practical habits and disciplines that mirror Jesus. These are our Rhythms. We pray this message is a blessing. Happy 2024, everyone. It is so good to be with you uh, this morning as we gather for our first Sunday back at church. And my name's Anna. I'm one of the pastors here. And I'm so looking forward to kicking off this series that we're in called Rhythms, where we get to uh, see some spiritual formation kind of take place in our lives as we intentionally put some rhythms in for 2024. Uh, I love New Year's. I love that sense of reset, recharge. I love the fresh beginning. And there's a few rituals that I have that I do every single year, uh, things that I look forward to with great anticipation, things that uh, for year after year, I've created a bit of a habit of. And one of them, I'll share a few of them with you, but one of them is that I like to buy a new diary every year. And on the 1st of January, I go to a coffee shop, sit down for a few hours, normally very early, and dream about what the year could be. Uh, My diary has kind of those prompts of reflection, prompts of goal setting. And I see the, the fresh, empty pages as a chance to wonder with God what is ahead. I also uh, love to listen to the Bible each year. I follow Bible in One Year by Nikki and Pippa Gumbel. Um, And so it's an app that you can just download. And I love it because they read the Bible to you, a bit of the Old Testament, a bit of the New Testament, and give you prayers and thoughts to think about each day. And that's something that I get great um, just satisfaction, but also a great deepening of my relationship with Jesus happens through that time that I spend uh, in the Bible uh, with Nikki and Pippa Gumbel, who run Alpha. Uh, so that's one thing that I love kicking over January 1, start a fresh new year. And then the other thing that I've started to do this year for the first time, uh, I ashamedly admit, is I have started to unsubscribe to all of those emails that flood my inbox. You might be way more organised than I am and have that zero inbox feel. I have the like 12,000 emails inbox feel and I have now decided that instead of actually just ignoring or deleting all the emails that I never read from brands and services, uh, restaurants and things like that, now I've actually started to cleanse them out and unsubscribe. Feels amazing. Maybe you've been doing it for years, but I've just discovered it. Anyway, uh, we also have some things that we do corporately together. There's the, the things that you do maybe as a family. Maybe it's the time of year that you unpack the, the pantry and get rid of everything that's out of date. Maybe it's the time that you uh, do that deep clean of the school bags and the uniforms. Maybe you go through your car or your garage. Maybe the new year for you, uh, you have those kind of themes and and rituals and traditions that you do. As a church, we have some as well. I don't know if you've noticed, but if you've been part of New Life the last few years, you'll know that the Rhythm Series is something that we like to do at the start in January every year. It's a chance for us, again, to kind of recalibrate, course correct, remind us that our relationship with Jesus is something that we want to uh, be intentional about. 
We also, as was announced, we have a rhythm of alpha. It's something that we do all the time. It's something that we start, especially in the new year. Do you know that people are probably more likely to explore faith in the freshness of the new year? People make it their new year's resolution to be better or to find religion or uh, perhaps rekindle those, those flames of faith that have grown, di- have grown dim. And so I think sometimes there's a weariness that can present with Alpha, um, where it's something that we talk about all the time. But I never want to grow weary of expressing uh, the invitation of the gospel. I never want to grow weary of the idea that that invite might change the trajectory of someone's life. I don't want to grow weary in the fact that there's still people who need to hear the good news. And so Alpha is a rhythm that we continue to come back to. And one of the other rhythms that we have at the beginning of the year uh, is for our young adults. I lead our young adult community and one of the things that we do to help really glue people into community is called Summer Nights. And for January, every Monday night, we hold a social event uh, where we, again, present opportunity for people to meet others, to uh, really feel a sense of ownership over the community. And uh, so tomorrow night, we're going for a beach barbecue at Miami, uh, a chance again for us to to welcome in the new year. So if you're a young adult, age 18 to 35, we'd love to see you there. You can follow the details uh, on our Instagram. But regardless of if you kind of like these traditions, regardless of if you are a New Year's kind of fan like me or not, we can't really debate the fact that what we do in our year, uh, the rhythms that we create, either intentionally or unintentionally, they shape who we're becoming. They have that sense of directing the path in which we walk. And we as a church, we passionately believe that we wanna see more people more like Jesus, that we wanna see us in the fullness of Christ. We want to be transformed by His power. And I don't think that that always happens just by accident. I think that God can come in and, you know, like we sang in Amazing Grace, kind of open our eyes to see Him clearly, but then to really walk out our discipleship, I think we need to be intentional in following Jesus. And so these rhythms that we put into place, they matter. They matter in answering who we are becoming. And so for the next four weeks, we're going to present almost this smorgasbord of spiritual disciplines. We're going to give you a little window into these different ways that you can engage with Christ this year. And we'd love for you to just, you know, have a go. Uh, Take one and, and try it out and Try it on for size, see if it resonates with you. Uh, and this, this kind of four-week series is a chance for us to deepen that relationship with God, to be intentional with it. And so our hope is that you just give it a go. Uh, see, see which ones you love and then see what it looks like for you to implement those habits, patterns and rhythms in your year. And so the first one that we're gonna start off with is meditation. The spiritual discipline or the the formation of meditation. And you might be surprised to think that that's a spiritual discipline. You might be surprised to think that that's a Christian spiritual discipline. Uh, But what I hope that we explore today and that we see in Scripture is the fact that meditation is this beautiful uh, mindfulness towards Christ, that it forms our innermost beings. And there is such a delight to be found as we meditate particularly on Scripture. 
And so uh, I love to open the Bible. Like I said, I do Bible in one year, but uh, there's times that I love to just dive into the Word of God and, and, and let it shape me and form me. And I wonder if you have a rhythm of reading Scripture. I wonder if you look back to last year, 2023, and you were to think about how much time you spent reading Scripture and what that did for your life. I wonder what that looks like for you. You see, uh, it'd be surprising to you, maybe or maybe not, to know that one of the most neglected spiritual practices is reading the Bible for Christians. It's not that we don't own a Bible. It's not that we don't have access to a Bible. It's not even that we don't think that the Bible is the Word of God or powerful or alive. It's just that maybe we don't read it in such a way that forms us. Maybe we read it for information. Maybe we read it to tick something off. Maybe we do a verse a day and and it stays at that. But this kind of deep meditative reading is something that is quite neglected. And I think that that's a bit of a shame. I think there's so much to be had where the Bible forms us in order to, to live. But how, how do we read the Bible in such a way? What does it look like? How can it have so much power to shape us and to, to form us and to direct us? I love the picture and metaphor that Eugene Peterson uses to open his book that's called Eat This Book. Uh, And it resonated with me because when I grew up, I had a dog. Uh, I wonder who here has or has had a dog in their household. There's plenty of you. Well, uh, I grew up with our household golden lab. His name was Sam. You'll see a picture of him here. And... um, One of the things that I loved about our Labrador, and if you've had a Labrador or know of a friend who has a Labrador, you will know that their love language, the only thing that they love more than anything in this world is food. Now, Sam was our Dyson vacuum cleaner. He was our incinerator. He was our garbage disposal. Uh, he took any scraps we, we had, and maybe not even scraps, he had eyes for them. And so one of the things that we would do to absolutely uh, delight and treat our Sam was to go to the butcher and to buy him a bone. And as you can see, he's not a small dog. And so he needed not small bones. So we would ask for the biggest bones that they would have. And I have no idea what animal these bones came from, but we used to call them dinosaur bones. They were huge. And what we would do is we would say to Sam, Sam, guess what? It's time for a bone. And his eyes would light up and it's like the excitement took over and he didn't know what to do with his body. You know, if you show a treat to a dog and they get so excited, it doesn't matter the breed or the type or the age. They just dance around, they prance around, they don't know what to do. But our dog was a Christian dog in a Christian home. And so we said, Grace. And depending on who said the grace was more or less torture for Sam, depending on the length of the prayer. And so we would get Sam and and the bone and, and his exuberant excitement and we would make him sit. We'd put the bone down in front of him. Say, now we say, grace, Sam. And so, dear God, thank you for this bone. Bless it to my body. In Jesus' name, amen. And that was the trigger word. And then he'd dive in after amen, grab the bone. And then he would run into the the end of the backyard, away from all threats and sit with his new prized possession. 
And they, they get to a place where they, they eat it, they gnaw it, they lick it, they care for it. And they spend hours not devouring the bone because they can't, but simply growling over it in pleasure and delight. And you couldn't get anywhere near them because then they would feel the threat and run away. But if you could get just close enough, you would hear those deep growling pleasures, those deep uh, moans of just delight happening. Uh, And then after hours, he'd probably bury it for the next day to come back. I tell this story and Eugene Peterson tells a similar story to open his book because there's a beautiful and stunning connection that happens uh, in the Bible with the Hebrew word around meditate. You see, in Isaiah, the way that uh, it's written that a lion growls over his prey, that similar word of pleasure and delight and anticipation is, uh, it's the same word for growls as it is to meditate. And I love that picture that, in fact, it's not a quick moment of delight. It's not something that is without work and without time. It's, it's something that takes a while. It's something that is pleasurable. It's something that is to long for. And so today, as we read the Scriptures and we hear the word meditate in the Psalms, I want your imagery to be filled with the idea of a dog with a bone, taking time and delight and pleasure and, and it's seeing it as its prized possession, something worthy of its consumption. So Psalm 1, we read, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the, spirit, uh, in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Delight is in the law of the Lord and meditates on it day and night. I think this kind of writing invites a different kind of reading. I think it invites a dog with a bone kind of reading. And sometimes I wonder if we skim out on that, if we read it quickly, if we inhale it, and we don't linger and long and delight over the words. I hope this year as we look at this rhythm of meditation and and the rhythms to come in, uh, in the coming weeks, I wonder if we can look to cultivate this kind of reading if we can approach 2024 with a desire to be filled and infused as we meditate on these words. You see, Scripture, the Holy Scriptures are inspired by the Holy Spirit. And therefore, they have the power to change us, to transform us, not only our actions and our behaviours, but our thoughts and our motivations. The Holy Spirit And Christ himself is revealed in these words. And so they carry much power. I love hearing stories of people who come to faith purely just by reading the Scriptures. They don't hear a sermon on YouTube or have this transcendent experience in worship, but they find a Bible, they open it, they start reading it, and their eyes are opened to Christ, the Gospel, the Good News. If that can happen from someone from any language, in any culture, anywhere on this earth, 
the power in these words cannot be mistaken. They are intended, whether they're confrontational, whether they're shocking, obscure, direct, to metabolize with our souls, to inform our minds and our spirits, and to help us come in sync with the way that God created this world, the way that He demonstrated His salvation in Christ, and the way that He gathered His people and continues to gather His people as community to be the salt and the light of this world. All of this we know because it is given to us in the Word. So I wonder if you've experienced this. I wonder if this would describe how you read the Scriptures. I wonder how uh, your rhythm of meditation and Scripture reading looks. And I wonder if it looks anything like what we've been describing. This very kind of reading has been described for centuries by our ancestors in uh, what's called Lectio Divina. It's a Latin word that can be translated into a number of things, but simply it's spiritual reading. And it, it nourishes our soul as we slowly take it in and let it dissolve. It's a communion with God. It's taking time to pray the Scriptures. And it's something that we, uh, in Catalyst, in our first retreat, actually this uh, last year, sorry, we took our cohort away and we explained to them what Lectio Divina is. And it's something that they had to go at on this retreat and they got to experience this, this fullness of Scripture and this richness in this way. Von Hugel describes it as a lozenger slowly melting in your mouth. It is a beautiful practice, and there's four steps to it. Uh, the first one is lectio, and it means slowly reading aloud six to eight verses, and it works particularly well with the Psalms. It's getting a small piece of scripture, reading it slowly and out loud. Then we move into meditatio, where the phrase or a word strikes you. You simply repeat it a few times. You chew on it. Remember the bone. It's to slow down and not just skim over things. The next thing is oratio. When you notice a heartfelt response to this prayerful reading in your heart and you, you simply utter a short prayer, it's turning the words that you hear or that you read into an expression of prayer. And then contemplatio. And this is where you, you move from words, you move from reading and you just sit in the silence of what you've read and you contemplate what God is doing in your heart through the words of Scripture. Maybe you can do this for maybe 20 minutes a day for seven days straight this week. Or maybe uh, you start the day of your Sabbath uh, with doing this Lecto Divina practice. I'm going to pop on the screen for you a, a number of Psalms that uh, just picked out that you could do this Lecto Divina exercise with. You can do it with any, any part of Scripture, really, but these ones are just an example if you want to give it a go. Like I said, this isn't something new. Uh, in 1916, uh, there was a young Swiss pastor, his name was Karl Barth, and he had an absolute passion for Scripture. 
And it was this new revelation that Scripture is not just an academic book. It's not just something to be taught about, but actually it's something to let infuse into your life, change who you are, let God mould you and illuminate your mind through Scripture. And so he, he proposed that it's actually alive and that it's active. And he started this whole new renewal into what the Scriptures could do in our hearts. He says this, We do not read this book and subsequent writings that are shaped by it in order to find out how to get God into our lives, get Him to participate in our lives, no. We open this book and find that page after page, it takes us off guard, it surprises us, it draws us into its reality, pulls us into participation with God on His terms. So often we read the Bible in order to get things out of it to apply good Christian living, to get more information about who God is or what happened in the historical events. And all those things are good and fine, but there's a transformation that happens when we realise that it's actually us that gets drawn into the story of the Bible, allows us to be transformed by His Spirit. And I find it incredibly shocking to think, and sobering actually, to think that we, myself included, apply the same kind of reading to the Bible that we would a sports page, the world news, a leadership book, or a fiction novel. It's not the same kind of reading. And I think that this neglect of this deep spiritual reading should, should stir us a little bit should make us ponder, should draw us in. Eugene Peterson, he warns us of this danger of neglect and he describes it as a lifetime of reading marked by devout indifference. And I think about all the times that I've opened my Bible, maybe you've been reading the Bible for years. And I think the challenge there is to make sure it's not devout indifference, that it's not just a reading for the sake of reading, but in fact, it's reading for the sake of being changed and moulded and inhabited by the Spirit. So let this not be a description of us this year. Let us not be marked in this way, but rather let's join with the psalmist's desire to meditate day and night and, and the pleasure and the desire to be near to God. In Psalm 119, I'd love to read a part of it as we join and align with this psalm. It says, I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn of your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Be good to your servant while I live, that I may obey your word. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. I am a stranger on earth. Do not hide your commands from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. This is oozing with desire. That desire to meditate and delight 
in the Lord's decree, in the Lord's decrees, the laws, the precepts, what we find in these scriptures. And I too want to have that level of desire. I too want to have that growing willingness to want to submit myself to what I read in the scriptures, to be drawn in to God's presence. So all of this, it it sounds so rich, it sounds so deep, but why is it that we don't do it? Why is it that it seems to be neglected? I think there's a number of reasons, probably a number of reasons in this room, and for those watching online, there's a whole host. Maybe you don't know where to start in the scriptures. They seem intimidating and overwhelming. Maybe there's a sense of you don't like reading. It's not a way that you enjoy spending your time or you find it hard to connect. Maybe the Bible, it seems dry and confusing and and there's a disconnect between what I'm saying here. Maybe you have a rhythm of reading, but it, it doesn't sound like this. But I think for a lot of us, it's purely that we don't have the time. We're in too much of a hurry. There's not a sense or a window of time where we could involve ourselves in such, such a pattern of reading or delight. A few years ago, during our Rhythm series, we encouraged you to read a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And I remind you of something that John Mark Homer says. He says, hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. And I think that that would resonate with us all. Does your time in the Bible seem hurried? Does your time for prayer and meditation seem hurried? And if I'm ominous, mine often can. It's easy to feel my mind jump to the next thing. It's easy to say that I don't actually have enough time in my day for this. It seems idealistic. I think that hurrying is robbing us all of that sense of spiritual formation and delight. So I think that we need to be uh, intentional, yes, but also to recognise that it can look different for us all. I think that there's a beauty in the fact that we can find God's presence anywhere and everywhere. And this idea of meditation is not limited to a certain design or a way. There's that saying that says, all good things come to those who wait. And I hate that saying. There's so many things that I hate to wait for. One of them is waiting for avocados to ripen. One of them is sometimes waiting for 5 p.m. to roll around. Sometimes I hate waiting for the sun to rise in winter. Why is it so late? There's so many things that we don't like to wait for. But there's one thing that I actually do love to wait for. There's one thing that I don't mind if it takes a while because I know the reward is so beautiful on the other side. And that's a slow cooked meal. If you are a lamb shanks and red wine kind of guy, or if you are a chicken soup kind of girl, that smell and that desire that comes with a slow cooked meal is really worth the wait. And you can't just manufacture that same depth of flavour in the microwave. There's something beautiful about it taking a while. So I thought I would do a little demonstration for you this morning. You get a sermon and a show. Um, I've been watching Lessons in Chemistry and I got inspired. If you don't know what that is, I'd highly recommend. But what I find often is that God speaks to me in the ordinary. 
in the coming and the going, in my waking and in my sleeping, in my driving to work, in my cooking the dinner, on my getting my hair ready, in the smallest of things, in the smallest of moments, there's an opportunity to practice the presence of God. And so it doesn't need to look like you sitting down for hours in a cafe to have everything perfect. I think he does it in the everyday. And I think as we take the time to really prepare not only the meal, but our hearts before God, I do think that He can just come and intervene and speak and we can dwell and meditate on His words. Later in Psalm 19, the psalmist writes, "'Cause me to understand the way of your precepts, "'that I might meditate on the wonderful deeds. "'My soul is weary with sorrow, "'so strengthen me according to your word.'" Keep me from the deceitful ways. Be gracious to me and teach me your laws. I have chosen the way of faithfulness and have set my heart on your Lord's. I hold fast to your statutes, Lord. Do not let me be put to shame. I run in the path of your commands for you have broadened my understanding. So teach me, Lord. Teach me the way of your decrees that I might follow it all the way to the end and give me understanding so that I might keep your Lord and obey it with all of my heart. Direct me in the path of your commands for there I find delight. I wonder as you prepare your meals, as you drive your kids to work, as you sit in traffic, as you sit on the train to work, whatever it might be, what does it look like for you to meditate on Scripture? What does it look like for you to fill your mind with things above? Because I believe that God doesn't need our perfection. He doesn't need the perfect setting. He needs the willingness and the openness of our heart. And so we don't really have an excuse, do we? It doesn't matter how busy you are. It doesn't matter what your days look like. I think we all have the opportunity to dwell in the presence of God. And just like a slow cooked meal, and just as I'm doing my meal prep here for the week, thanks for joining me on that journey. As you slow cook a meal, the flavours, they intensify as they dwell together. It takes a while for them to infuse. But I think that meditating and that sense of marinating, they come hand in hand. I don't want to rush my relationship with Jesus. I don't want it to just happen on the surface. But I want it to infuse deep within my soul. I want the flavours of the Spirit to marinate. I want it to cause something deep and rich within me. What does it look like for you to meditate on Scripture? What does it look like for it to fill your soul? There's so many things that happen as we meditate. There's so many things as we invite God's presence in. But three things I want to finish with today. Three quick thoughts that I believe happen when we meditate in Scripture. I believe that the Scriptures reveal Christ. I believe that it aligns our heart with His. And lastly, I believe it directs our desires. It reveals Christ because in John 1, 
It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through, all, through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that had been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Later it says, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling amongst us. I believe as we read the Bible, we see who Jesus is. He is revealed because He is the Word. I believe our hearts, as we spend time meditating in Scripture, are aligned with His. There's a unity that happens. That was Jesus' prayer in John 17. He says, I pray that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the, word may, the world may believe that you sent me. There is a unification and a, a union that happens as we spend time meditating the Scriptures. They fill our minds and our hearts and our souls and our spirits with who God is. And lastly, I believe it directs our desires. Not only does it change what we believe about God, but it changes what we desire in this world. In Romans 8, Paul writes, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind is governed by the flesh. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. These holy scriptures are spirit-breathed, they're spirit-inspired. And so in order to be aligned in that way, in order to have our desires directed by the Spirit, we need to know who the Spirit is, have Him speak to us. I leave you with this quote uh, by Bonaventure, who said, to know much and taste nothing, of what use is that? I wonder as we read our scriptures, let us not read them to just inform, but let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Let us experience the goodness, the beauty, the truth that is found in scripture. Let us get not only a glimpse, but a full view of God's reality, His purposes, His presence in the scriptures. I don't want to know much and taste nothing. I want to taste much and know God's fullness, His richness, His desires. So this year, as you think about a rhythm of reading Scripture, what does it look like to really read it? To read it with the eyes of your hearts opened. To read it in that dog with a bone kind of reading that lingers that gnaws, that has deep delight as we meditate on Scripture. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we're sorry for the times that we have skimmed over Scripture. We've neglected it. We've treated it like we just treat everything else. Lord, we're sorry. There is such power in those words. We find you in those words. Thank you that you do not love us any more or any less, regardless of if we even opened a page of Scripture in the last year. I thank you that your love for us is not on those grounds, but rather you love us because you made us. 
and you desire that relationship with us. So Lord, would you help us this year to have a rhythm of meditation, letting you consume and infuse our minds, our hearts, our soul and spirit. Lord, as we are doing the mundane, the everyday, preparing a meal, in the car, walking the dog, fill our minds with your presence of who you are, your grandeur, your glory, your delight. And Lord, I pray that as we pursue you, I thank you that you are at work through your spirit within us. Lord, for those in this room and those watching online who do not not yet know you, Lord, I pray as they open a Bible or an app on their phone, Lord, will you jump out at them and come alive through your words? May they discover the freedom and the truth of who you are, Jesus. And I pray that lives are transformed as we bring curiosity and wonder to your word. Help us to have a, have a rhythm and a desire for your scriptures this year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the New Life Podcast. If that stirred something within you or you would like prayer, you can head to church.nu forward slash prayer or contact us through our Instagram or Facebook page. We pray you have a great week. Be blessed.